Dear friends, we are delighted for your interest in spiritual things. And today we are discussing excuses from the parable of the Great Supper that is found in Luke 14, 15 through 24. Let's think on these things in a moment, but first, a thank you to our Jay Webb and greetings to all of you. We appreciate Jay's kind words within our broadcast, as we always do here through our broadcast of International Gospel Hour, and we appreciate your choice in being with us. We are encouraged to hear from our listening audience the requests that you make concerning materials that we offer absolutely free, your encouraging words, your request for our quarterly newsletter, anything that we offer here is absolutely free, and we appreciate your interest, again, in spiritual things. In the Bible, great feasts and suppers were vitally important for knowing one another, and that is even true today and always has been. I've learned more about people in a very casual supper-type dinner setting, if you will, than I probably could in the foyer of a church building. And you know, in biblical times, to be invited for a feast was indeed a great honor. And as custom, individuals were invited that you knew and that they would accept. And it was the custom to send out two invitations, one to announce the event ahead of time and the other to tell the invited guest that it was all ready. We'll see that in verse 17 of Luke 14 in a moment. But when one failed to accept, it was an insult. That will help us understand Luke 14, verse 21, when the master of the house became angry. So with that being said, let us hear the text of Luke 14, verses 15 through 24. Then we're going to examine the parable, and then we're going to see the excuses within the parable. But first... We at International Gospel Hour are delighted to share with you a great publication titled, The Gospel Gleaner. Our J-Web has information about a free subscription. We at International Gospel Hour are honored to offer a free bi-monthly publication to send your way. For over 30 years, The Gospel Gleaner has provided sound biblical studies in a periodical format. It's published six times every year, and subscriptions are always free. Just go to gospelgleaner.com and sign up for either the mail or email version. Be sure to post in the comments box that you heard it from the International Gospel Hour. Again, for a free subscription of the Gospel Gleaner, just sign up at gospelgleaner.com. Let's continue our studies. Let's consider Luke 14, verses 15 through 24. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him, that being Jesus, heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. 
Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Now, friends, let's examine the parable. Jesus uses this parable to reinforce what he was teaching earlier in the chapter. One is to humble oneself and accept what God offers. That is an opportunity to eat bread in the kingdom of God, verse 15. Then Jesus shows the absurdity of the excuses, simply excuses which in reality said, We want nothing to do with your feast. That comes from verses 18 through 20 that we'll look at further in a moment. Thus, the anger of God, who in turns open up the feast to those who have no land, no possessions, and those nobody desires. God will open it up big, large. They will accept. It is the best thing they have ever seen, and it gives hope to them. That's verses 21 and 22. And then there's still more room, verses 23 and 24. So, servant, you've got a message. Make this message necessary. Tell them this is unavoidable. You don't want to miss this supper. And in verse 24, we note the specifically invited, ones that were known according to their custom, they will not be invited again. They knew better. Therefore, when we look at this parable, salvation is the great supper. When there are those that are bidden to come and they refuse because possessions work, and family take priority, they will lose their opportunity, in reality, to have everything provided. Uh, Let's consider some questions here. First of all, isn't it all right to own things for enjoyment? Well, yes, but not to the extent that is what our lives are based on or decided by. You know, Matthew 16.26 reminds us that what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? You see, the individual that said, I have bought a piece of ground and I want to go see it, well, you know, that ground meant more to him. And when we have things for our enjoyment and things that we purchase for our satisfaction, if our lives are based upon that, then the problem is we're going to keep searching for other things and it keeps pushing the salvation of God away. Now, let's ask another question from this parable. Isn't it all right to work? I'm going to test five yoke of oxen, for example. Well, isn't it all right to work? Well, yes. 1 Timothy 5 and verse 8 commands that we are to provide for our own, but it's not to place the work in top priority over the work of God, to believe on the Christ and be obedient. That's John 6.29. So many times, dear friends, work makes demands of us that pull us away from the worship and service of the Lord. And then we want to place priority over work to get all the overtime we can attain. You know, dear friends, I heard it said once that you never see on a tombstone the words written, I should have spent more time at the office. And that is true. Here's a third question from examining this parable. Isn't family important? Well, the answer is yes. Ephesians 5, 22 through chapter 6 and verse 4 of the relationship of husband and wife and children. But we have to have our priorities set with our family. You know, when Jesus said in Luke 14, 26 and 27 that if we do not come to him and hate father, mother, brother, sister, etc., 
that we're not worthy to follow him. And you see that word hate, we think, my, that's a strong word. And, you know, hatred is a work of the flesh, Galatians 5.20. Now, that will condemn one's soul. But we have got to see the context of which Jesus is speaking of. And as that context has been studied so many times, it means to love less or priorities. What means more? Pleasing our family or pleasing God? Know this, friends. Others are looking for the spiritual food, and they can and will be fed. And as servants of Christ, the message must be proclaimed through the commission of the Christ. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen through 20 Dear friends, we do not need to decline the invitation of Christ. Would you like to know more about His invitation? Would you like to study and know more about His will for your life? Here's our J. Webb with our free Bible course, available by mail. Your friends at the International Gospel Hour are offering absolutely free a Bible study course by mail. You may study in the privacy of your own home at your own pace. Feel free to give it a try. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and please leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Home Study in the message box. We'll send it right away. Thank you for your interest in the things of God. And now, back to Jeff. Now, friends, let's talk about the excuses in the parable. You know, for example, in verse 18, why would a realtor, if you will, an investor, buy something ahead of time without even looking at it? And since this was at supper time, how could he see his land at dusk, much less night? That excuse really did not make any sense. Now, how about verse 19? Why would a cattleman, if you will, buy something without trying it to see if it would work? I've got five oxen. I've bought them. I'm going to test them. No, 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 no. You test them before you buy them. And... Also, it's kind of like, wow, this is a new novelty. I just got a new car. I've worked hard all week. I've got to go try this out. In verse 20, the last one, I've heard it called the henpecked husband when he says, I just got married, so I can't come. And here he is putting his human relationship over his heavenly one. Plus, dear friends, in this day and age of the parable of Christ, it was unheard of to invite a man to a wedding feast and not invite his wife. They were actually both invited. He just didn't want to accept the invitation, so his marriage was a convenient excuse. And, of course, there's no indication here he was going to war, as one could stay with his wife for a year, if newly married, before departing, going back to Deuteronomy 24.5. Biblical excuses were prevalent. They were with Adam and Eve in Genesis 3. Moses and Aaron in Exodus 32 of the golden calf and Aaron's defense of the people. I mean, biblical excuses were present, and excuses are present and prevalent today. I heard it said one time that an excuse is the skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. I've also heard it said the origin of every excuse is the failure to do something, and they are alibis that become, well, lullabies. Dear friends, the ultimate goal of all is to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, Psalm 23, 6. We need to think about these things and overcome the excuses of what we fail to do. Dear friends, I hope this study has been profitable. We'll continue at another time. 
Thanks for joining me today on the International Gospel Hour broadcast. I'm Jeff Archie, and dear friends, until next time, keep listening.